At Gospel Community Church, our mission is to know the Bible, share life with others, and bring hope to our city and the world. You're listening to the Gospel Community Church Sermons Podcast, where we go through books of the Bible, verse by verse and line by line, to hear the truth that God's Word has to encourage, discipline, and bless us in our daily lives. I remember where I was when I got the call to plant. My wife and I were on our knees in a hotel room in Orlando, Florida. We held hands and prayed, and the prayer that we prayed was a prayer of surrender. I don't know if you've ever prayed a prayer like that before. We prayed, Lord, whatever you want us to do, we'll do it. Whatever you call us to, we'll go. Whatever you ask of us, we'll give. And it was in that moment when God began to stir in us this dream, this vision, this hope to expand the kingdom of God to preach this gospel that would change people's lives. I'll never forget that moment. In the last 10 years, by God's grace, we have seen people saved and baptized every year. In the last 10 years, by God's grace, babies have been born at Gospel Community Church every year. What a blessing. In the last 10 years, by God's grace, we have seen people overcome addictions. In the last 10 years, by God's grace, marriages that were falling apart have been saved. What that means is at Gospel Community Church, there are children here that have a mom and a dad in their home that both love Jesus. Do you know how important that is? Do you know how insanely blessed we are to have been a part of something like that? By God's grace, We've given thousands of dollars to people in need through benevolence. By God's grace, we've given thousands of dollars to church planting through Acts 29. By God's grace, we were able to raise $10,000 for adoption. By God's grace, we have studied and gone through over 20 books of the Bible. By God's grace, we have stayed unified even through divisive times. By God's grace, no elder or deacon has committed moral failure and needed to be removed from their office. Together we have grieved the death of members. We've opened up our homes and our dinner tables and our lives. Together we've celebrated and we've mourned. And for 10 years, every single Sunday, we have sung praise to our God. And for 520 Sundays, we've celebrated the Lord's Supper together. We've come to the table and partaken of his body and his blood, remembering what he has done. Church family, make no mistake, our story, the story of Gospel Community Church is not against all odds we have overcome. Our story is not despite the deck being stacked against us, we have prevailed. Our story is not through grit and determination, we were successful. That is not our story, church family. Here's our story. Write this down. The story of Gospel Community Church can be summed up in three words. God is faithful. God is faithful. And so Gospel Community Church does not exist because of our dynamic strategy. Here's how I know that. There are churches that had way better strategy than we did, and they no longer exist. 
It's not as if Gospel Community Church found the secret sauce of church planting, and that's, that's why we're here. Gospel Community Church does not exist because of powerful preaching. There are much better preachers than me, and yet those churches no longer exist. They have closed their doors. Gospel Community Church does not exist because of our brilliant leadership. There are churches that wrote books on leadership and they no longer exist. Gospel Community Church does not exist because of our loving culture. There are churches that are way better at loving other people, yet they still divided into factions and the church no longer exists. Gospel Community Church does not exist because of our abundant finances, because we never had them. We've been a poor church plant this whole time, but, but there are churches that have had millions in the bank and they still close their doors. Gospel Community Church does not exist because of our impeccable doctrinal purity. There are more qualified theologians at other churches, and those churches have called it quits. Again, the story of Gospel Community Church is Jesus has done it all, and we have brought nothing to the table. I take that back. We have brought something to the table. uh, We've brought nothing of value to the table. How about that? We brought our brokenness to the table. Uh, we, we brought, um, uh, like, none of us have ever done this before. Like, there was no one on our church planting team that was like, oh, yeah. I mean, we've planted 30 churches. We know exactly where. We brought incompetency to the table. We brought our brokenness to the table. We brought our sin to the table. Uh, we, we brought, like, the, the $2 that each of us had because we were all having kids and didn't have any money. Like, we, we brought nothing to the table, nothing of value to the table. And yet Jesus... Jesus has done it all. So if you have been spiritually blessed by anything that Gospel Community Church has done, it is because Jesus, through the power of his Holy Spirit, has blessed you. If you have ever been blessed by a community group, it's because Jesus, through the power of his Holy Spirit, has blessed you. If you have ever been blessed by anything that has ever been done back in Gospel Kids, it is because Jesus, through the power of his Holy Spirit, has blessed you. If you have ever been blessed by anything I've ever said in three seconds of a sermon, it is because Jesus has used Used his Holy Spirit to empower that. Jesus has done it all, and we have brought nothing to the table. This morning, I want us to look at this text. I want to lead you through this text, and my prayer is that you will hear this text from my heart to yours. It's usually a dangerous thing uh, when you put yourself in the place of the biblical writer who's speaking, but I hope that you will offer me that grace this morning because I want you to hear this text from me to you. I want you to hear my heart as I prayed about what, what can I say, right? What, what can I say, Lord? And he brought this text, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you. I've got about a thousand things that I want to say thank you for. But I limited myself to ten. One. Thank you for letting my wife Chelsea be Chelsea. The reason that I'm in ministry, still in ministry, is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the primary tool that God has used to keep me in the ministry and preaching is my wife. And there are so many churches 
that place this kind of unique, strange mantle on a pastor's wife that is nowhere in the Bible at all. She's asked to do a thousand things, to lead a thousand ministries, to be every other woman in the church's best friend, which is irrational and impossible. And so I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for just letting my wife be my wife. She has poured out her life and her ministry for me and has kept me in the ministry. And I'm deeply indebted to her. And I love her so very much. And I want to thank you for letting her be her. Second, thank you for letting my kids just be kids. There's that weird thing that comes along with being a pastor's kid. You're, you're supposed to be like a terrible little devil or a perfect angel, right? That's the pastor's kids. Church family, my kids are just kids. They're just kids. And I'm so grateful that this church has not placed that pressure on them. And I hope that as we grow and as we move on, again, my wife can just be my wife and my kids can be my kids. I want to thank every single one of you for creating that type of culture and that type of environment. Thirdly, thank you for letting me be me. Like, I'm weird, I know. I'm awkward in conversation, I get it. My mind is, is often thinking about 30 other things when I'm here on Sunday, and so it's, it's hard for me to have those kind of like on-the-surface-level conversation. I'm, I'm just not good at that, and I under, like, I'm glad that you guys understand. Thank you for not putting pressures on me. I think that's why so many pastors don't make it, because the church puts pressure on the pastor to be someone or something that he's not, and he folds and breaks under the pressure. Thank you for letting me be me. Fourth, thank you for enduring my flaws. There's a bunch of them. There's a, you guys know them. I know them better than you, but you guys know. Thank you for enduring my flaws. I know I have failed. I know I've not met your expectations of what a pastor should be, but you've stayed and endured even when I've put my foot in my mouth or said something ridiculous or didn't show up to this thing that, thank you for enduring my flaws. Fifthly, thank you for how you worship. You are such a blessing to me. I often come in so wearied by carrying the word, carrying the text. It's, it's weighing on me. Like, I feel like I'm going to be crushed by it if I don't say it out loud to you. I, I feel I'm going to be crushed under the word that the Lord has asked me to speak. And, and I'm so lifted. I'm so lifted by your worship as I see you sing out loud. Right? Most, most people don't, it's weird, right? For people to get together and people get together and sing out loud when they're drunk, right? Or, or at a sporting event or both, right? But, but by gathering together and watching you worship and as you raise your hands and as you sing, that, that lifts me and it gives me what I need. Thank you. Thank you for how you worship. Six. Thank you for being willing to follow the leadership. I, 
I wish I had time to recount horror story after horror story that I've heard from other pastors about just trying to start like a new initiative or go a different direction or, or change a service time or, you know, do something different with the band or whatever, and the people just lose their minds, arguing over the color of the carpet and this thing and that thing. And thank you. Thank you for when we, when, when Dave and I say, hey, this is, this is where we're going. You guys go, we're in. I'm so blessed by that. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being willing to follow the leadership. Number seven, thank you for loving our vision, our statement of faith, and our core values. Thank you for loving that. And here is how I know that you love our vision statement, our, our statement of faith, and our core values, because that's what keeps us united. Over the last two years, I wish I could explain to you the amount of pressure that David and I have felt to talk about politics and to not talk about politics. I wish I could explain to you the pressure that we have felt to talk about social justice issues and not talk about social justice issues. For us to explain how dangerous the pandemic is and then also to blow it off as if it doesn't exist. We have felt insane pressure to, to, to land somewhere which no one could ever find. But this church, miraculously, by God's grace, stayed united through those times. Amen. I was at a pastor's conference this month, and I saw a list of churches that didn't make it the last two years. They closed their doors, mostly because people were not united. And so I want to say thank you for loving our statement of faith, for loving our vision, and for loving our core values, because that is what we're united under. Amen? Number eight, thank you for taking ownership of this church. Thank you for taking ownership of this church. We had um, a pastor visiting. He was staying with us, and uh, he stayed Saturday night and uh, was going to come to church with me on Sunday morning. And he said, well, we've got to get there early, right? We've got to set things up. I said, no. I'm, I, I, I preach. I, I go and I preach. That, that's, that's what I do. He was like, well, don't you need to set up chairs? No. Don't you need to like plug stuff in the computer? No. Well, what about organizing the kids volunteers? No. So, so you just show up and preach? Yeah, I show up and preach. That's what I do. And here's how I do that. It's not because of my great leadership. It's not because, it's because you, Gospel Community Church has decided, this is my church. This is my church. It's not Pastor Kirk's church. This is my church. These are, these are, these are my people. This is, these are our kids back there. That's our tech booth. You guys have taken ownership of this church. Thank you. Not many pastors get to say that. Thank you. Number nine. Thank you for desiring Bible teaching. I am so blessed by you. I am so blessed that this church wants Bible teaching. I was talking with another pastor friend of mine and he said he was visiting a church and the guy said, hey man, when you get up to preach, um, just make sure that you're done like 30 minutes. He said, J just so you know, like if you, don't, if you don't have your timer with you, the, the deacons on the front row, they're gonna start looking at their watch when you're 28 minutes in. 
because when 30 minutes hit, them deacons are out, boy. They will, they, <coughs> you know. Thank you that you love Bible teaching. Thank you that I get the opportunity to preach the Bible week by week and that you're eager to hear and eager to learn the Bible. Thank you, that is such a blessing to me. I can't tell you how much that means to me. Thank you. Thank you. Tenth and lastly, thank you for how you love one another. But talking with other pastors, like how do you, how do you get your people to like, like, I mean, you, like your people have dinners together. They love on each other. I mean, like, tell us, tell us how you did that. Like, what are you talking about? How I did that? Are you insane? I'm not that smart. Like, I, there, you know, it's not like, you know, step one to get your people to love each other. You know, like, no, that's not how that works at all. Thank you for loving one another. Thank you for giving of yourself to the other people in this church. That means so much to me. And I want to say thank you. As the Apostle Paul here is saying in 1 Corinthians, I give thanks to my God always. I don't thank God for you always. <laughs> That's less on you and more on me. Okay? The Apostle Paul here says, I, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you. Look at the things that Paul is thankful for in verse 5. Look at what he says. That in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge. Look at verse 6. Even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift. I think there's at least three things here that Paul is thankful to God for in this Corinthian church. And what I want to do is just echo that same thankfulness. Let's look at the first one. One, Paul is thankful that God blessed them with theological articulation and understanding, and God has done that same thing at Gospel Community Church. Do you see what he's thankful for there? He says that in every way you were enriched in what? So, that, so God has given them something. He's enriched them. He's built something in them. In him, in all these two things, speech, that is uh, logos, the word, and knowledge, gnosis, or understanding. So logos being the word that, that they were enriched in, this speech, that's the word that's used there, and then this, this knowledge. So, so this is the logos, the word being spoken, and, and, and then this knowledge or gnosis would be the knowledge being apprehended or, or understood. So meaning this, they didn't just memorize empty theological terms. These people in Corinth really understood what was going on. Now notice what, what he's saying here. Paul is not commending them for being top-notch theologians. That's not what he is, he is thanking God for. He thanks God that God did that in them. They were enriched in deep theological knowledge and understanding. It's something that God did in them, not something that they produced in themselves. And I want to tell you, church family, God has done this with the people of GCC. If you talk to the people of Gospel Community Church without even knowing it, they'll just start dropping gospel bombs on you. I mean, it's, it's incredible. The people in this church, in the Degum announcements, they're, they're proclaiming the gospel. In the dismissal, you guys are proclaiming the gospel. Just let Phil Dan 
Sanford get on the mic and do the dismissal. Let Nicole Jones get up there and like she's trying to like dismiss us to like go get coffee and all that stuff. But she's dropping like 18 gospel bombs in there. Y'all didn't even, like, I'm just telling you the people at this church have been blessed with this theological knowledge, understanding, and it comes out, I mean, just all throughout our service. Go sit in a community group with Charles Bird and he will speak the gospel into your life. Because the people of this church, just like the people in Corinth, have been blessed with speech and knowledge. Next, Paul is thankful for this. Paul is thankful that they were living out the implications of the gospel, and God is doing that very same thing here. He says that, that the testimony of Christ was confirmed in them. Well, how... <laughs> First, what is the testimony of Christ? Well, that's the gospel, that is his death, his resurrection. And he says that this was confirmed in, how was it confirmed in them? How is the gospel confirmed? Well, it's confirmed by us living out gospel principles. The fact that we have been given much grace, we show each other grace. That's living out the gospel. The, the fact that Jesus is Lord, we collectively as a church family bow the knee to him. That, that's living out the implications of the gospel. And that's exactly what they were doing in Corinth. And here's what I want to say to you, church family. As many times as I have proclaimed the gospel to you, I, I, I pray that you know, I, and, and I want to be able to stand before the Lord and in all sincerity and purity of heart, say to the Lord, I preached the gospel to Gospel Community Church. But as many times as I have done that, I want you to know I have had a front row seat to watch you live it out. Again, if you have ever been blessed by my proclamation of the gospel, I want you to know you have blessed me by giving me a front row seat to watch you live out the gospel. Thank you. Thirdly, Paul is thankful for this. Paul is thankful that God has given them everything that they need and he has done the same at Gospel Community Church. Did you see that in the first half of verse seven, he says, you guys are not lacking any spiritual gift. Now, <laughs> I know that there's not a single person in this room right now that would stand up in the midst of this congregation and say, I've got all the gifts. I'm the guy he's talking about. I've got them all. But of course, that's not what Paul is referring to. He is referring to the collective corporate body. He's talking about the community of believers. He's talking about the forever family, this corporate thing to where we collectively, together, we are not lacking any spiritual gift. The, the mission that God has for Gospel Community Church, he has given us exactly what we need to go on the mission. He's equipped us for the work that he's got for us. As a matter of fact, he has predestined us for good works. And so if you're taking notes, there is nothing that Gospel Community Church needs that God will not supply in order to fulfill his purposes. Over the last 10 years, has he not been faithful to give us everything that we need? When we're looking for a building, when we need finances for this, when we need a ministry leader for that, when we need another community group over here, God just says, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. He's been so faithful to us. He's been so faithful. Look at the rest of this text. Now, on the examination of that evidence, then Paul will make them a promise that I hope that we will hear in our hearts this morning. Look at the back half of verse 7. 
as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ who will sustain you to the end guiltless guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ church family as we eagerly await to see him he is going to sustain us he will provide for us he will carry us along he will give us what we need God not only has thousands of years of written history of providing for and being faithful to and sustaining his people we have a 10-year track record of God doing that here He has been faithful to us. He has been good to us. Now, listen to me, church family. That does not mean that Gospel Community Church will never close its doors. That's not what I'm, when I'm saying that God is faithful to to, to Gospel Community Church and he will always be faithful to Gospel Community Church. That does not mean that we will never close our doors. But everyone in this church who has placed their faith on him will see him face to face. And when we see him face to face, all of the sacrifices that we have made, everything that we have poured out for Gospel Community Church will seem so small in comparison to the glory that awaits. The nights that we've stayed up praying for someone, the the money that we've given to the church, the missionaries that we have supported, the the difficult, strained relationships that are even going on now in your community group, the, the people that you have poured yourself out for, every sacrifice that you have made for Gospel Community Church will be, it's not gonna matter. It's not gonna matter when we see him face to face. It's gonna seem so small. It's gonna seem so insignificant compared to the glory that awaits. Look at verse nine. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I said it before and I'll say it again. The story of Gospel Community Church can be summed up in three words. God is faithful. Gospel Community Church exists because the steadfast hand of the Lord has lifted us up. He has carried us. This 10-year celebration is not to boast in what we have accomplished, but it is to boast in the faithfulness of God. This is why Paul goes on to say in this very chapter, these words in 1 Corinthians verse 26, for consider your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did y'all see that picture of me in a faux hawk? <laughs> not many of you were wise in worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were noble in birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, and even the things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who become to us the wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. I want to preach that sermon, but I can't. Verse 31, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Well, let me give you one application point and then I'm done. Here it is. If God is faithful to us, let us be faithful to him by serving his people, the church. He's been faithful to us. Let's be faithful to him, amen? Let's chase after him. Let's continue to preach the gospel. Let's invite more people to the gospel community church. Let's, let's continue to give. Let's, let's keep going. Are y'all in? 
Y'all want 10 more years? I'm not under the illusion that Gospel Community Church is the savior of Fayetteville and the surrounding counties. It's not as if we have something that other churches don't have. It's not as if we do something spectacular that other churches don't do. We are not the end-all, be-all. If GCC closes its doors tomorrow, the expansion of God's kingdom will continue. But with that being said, there's no other church I'd rather be a part of. I don't plan on going anywhere. Listen, I don't plan on doing anything different. My goal is to pour my life out for you. Is to give everything that I can give to be poured out as a drink offering for Gospel Community Church. To come back week by week and preach the gospel. To give you the word and to follow hard after Jesus. That's what I want to do. Will you join me? Let's pray. Oh God, you're gracious and merciful and kind to a people that do not deserve your mercy. Oh God, thank you for the brutal privilege of the last 10 years. Oh God, we ask you for another 10. If it happens, it will be because you have done it. Oh God, we take no credit. We take no credit at all for any blessing that has come from us it has come from your hand and so God now we ask for your Holy Spirit to guide the way to tell us the next step to show us which way to go to guard and protect the elders of this church oh God protect us Oh God, I pray now over the deacons. Would you protect the deacons? Would you protect the heads of ministries here at this church? Let us not wander away from you, God, but let us focus all of our energies and efforts on you and the expansion of your kingdom so that we might be found spotless, spotless and blemish free on the day of your return. Oh God, do this mighty work. If we see another 10, it will be because of you. And so now, God, we ask that you would continue to allow us to participate in the unstoppable expansion of your kingdom. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share the contents of this podcast, but please do not alter it in any way without permission. Please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook or iTunes. Visit gospelcc.com for more content like this. At Gospel Community Church, our mission is to know the Bible, share life with others, and bring hope to our city and the world. Thanks again and have a blessed day.
I remember where I was when I got the call to plant. My wife and I were on our knees in a hotel room in Orlando, Florida. We held hands and prayed, and the prayer that we prayed was a prayer of surrender. I don't know if you've ever prayed a prayer like that before. We prayed, Lord, whatever you want us to do, we'll do it. Whatever you call us to, we'll go. Whatever you ask of us, we'll give. And it was in that moment when God began to stir in us this dream, this vision, this hope to expand the kingdom of God, to preach this gospel that would change people's lives. I'll never forget that moment. In the last 10 years, by God's grace, we have seen people saved and baptized every year. In the last 10 years, by God's grace, babies have been born at Gospel Community Church every year. What a blessing. In the last 10 years, by God's grace, we have seen people overcome addictions. In the last 10 years, by God's grace, marriages that were falling apart have been saved. What that means is at Gospel Community Church, there are children here that have a mom and a dad in their home that both love Jesus. Do you know how important that is? Do you know how insanely blessed we are to have been a part of something like that? By God's grace, we've given thousands of dollars to people in need through benevolence. By God's grace, we've given thousands of dollars to church planting through Acts 29. By God's grace, we were able to raise $10,000 for adoption. By God's grace, we have studied and gone through over 20 books of the Bible. By God's grace, we have stayed unified even through divisive times. By God's grace, no elder or deacon has committed moral failure and needed to be removed from their office. Together we have grieved the death of members. We've opened up our homes and our dinner tables and our lives. Together we've celebrated and we've mourned. And for 10 years, every single Sunday, we have sung praise to our God. And for 520 Sundays, we've celebrated the Lord's Supper together. We've come to the table and partaken of his body and his blood, remembering what he has done. Church family, make no mistake, our story, the story of Gospel Community Church is not against all odds we have overcome. Our story is not despite the deck being stacked against us, we have prevailed. Our story is not through grit and determination, we were successful. That is not our story, church family. Here's our story. Write this down. The story of Gospel Community Church can be summed up in three words. God is faithful. God is faithful. And so Gospel Community Church does not exist because of our dynamic strategy. Here's how I know that. There are churches that had way better strategy than we did, and they no longer exist. It is not as if Gospel Community Church found the secret sauce of church planting, and that's, that's why we're here. Gospel Community Church does not exist because of powerful preaching. There are much better preachers than me, and yet those churches 
no longer exist. They have closed their doors. Gospel Community Church does not exist because of our brilliant leadership. There are churches that wrote books on leadership and they no longer exist. Gospel Community Church does not exist because of our loving culture. There are churches that are way better at loving other people, yet they still divided into factions and the church no longer exists. Gospel Community Church does not exist because of our abundant finances, because we never had them. We've been a poor church plant this whole time, but, but there are churches that have had millions in the bank and they still close their doors. Gospel Community Church does not exist because of our impeccable doctrinal purity. There are more qualified theologians at other churches and those churches have called it quits. Again, the story of Gospel Community Church is Jesus has done it all and we have brought nothing to the table. I take that back. We have brought something to the table. We, uh, t- t- we've brought nothing of value to the table. How about that? We brought our brokenness to the table. Uh, we, we brought, um, uh, like, none of us have ever done this before. Like, there was no one on our church planting team that was like, oh, yeah. I mean, we've planted 30 churches. We know exactly where. We brought incompetency to the table. We brought our brokenness to the table. We brought our sin to the table. Uh, we, we brought, like, the, the $2 that each of us had because we were all having kids and didn't have any money. Like, we, we brought nothing to the table, nothing of value to the table, and yet Jesus Jesus has done it all. So if you have been spiritually blessed by anything that Gospel Community Church has done, it is because Jesus, through the power of his Holy Spirit, has blessed you. If you have ever been blessed by a community group, it's because Jesus, through the power of his Holy Spirit, has blessed you. If you have ever been blessed by anything that has ever been done back in Gospel Kids, it is because Jesus, through the power of his Holy Spirit, has blessed you. If you have ever been blessed by anything I've ever said in three seconds of a sermon, it is because Jesus has used Used his Holy Spirit to empower that. Jesus has done it all, and we have brought nothing to the table. This morning, I want us to look at this text. I want to lead you through this text, and my prayer is that you will hear this text from my heart to yours. It's usually a dangerous thing uh, when you put yourself in the place of the biblical writer who's speaking, but I hope that you will offer me that grace this morning because I want you to hear this text from me to you. I want you to hear my heart as I prayed about what, what can I say, right? What, what can I say, Lord? And he brought this text, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you In Christ Jesus. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you. I've got about a thousand things that I want to say thank you for. But I limited myself to ten. One. Thank you for letting my wife Chelsea be Chelsea. The reason that I'm in ministry, still in ministry, is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the primary tool that God has used to keep me in the ministry and preaching is my wife. And there are so many churches that place this kind of unique, strange mantle on a pastor's wife that is nowhere in the Bible at all. She's asked to do a thousand things, to lead a thousand ministries, to be every other woman in the church's best friend, which is irrational and impossible. 
And so I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for just letting my wife be my wife. She has poured out her life and her ministry for me and has kept me in the ministry. And I'm deeply indebted to her. And I love her so very much. And I want to thank you for letting her be her. Second, thank you for letting my kids just be kids. There's that weird thing that comes along with being a pastor's kid. You're, you're supposed to be like a terrible little devil or a perfect angel, right? That's the pastor's kids. Church family, my kids are just kids. They're just kids. And I'm so grateful that this church has not placed that pressure on them. And I hope that as we grow and as we move on again, my wife can just be my wife and my kids can be my kids. I want to thank every single one of you for creating that type of culture and that type of environment. Thirdly, thank you for letting me be me. Like, I'm weird, I know. I'm awkward in conversation, I get it. My mind is, is often thinking about 30 other things when I'm here on Sunday, and so it's, it's hard for me to have those kind of like on the surface level conversation. I'm, I'm just not good at that. And I under, like, I'm glad that you guys understand. Thank you for not putting pressures on me. I think that's why so many pastors don't make it because the church puts pressure on the pastor to be someone or something that he's not. And he folds and breaks under the pressure. Thank you for letting me be me. Fourth, Thank you for enduring my flaws. There's a bunch of them. There's a, you guys know them. I know them better than you, but you guys know. Thank you for enduring my flaws. I know I have failed. I know I've not met your expectations of what a pastor should be, but you've stayed and endured even when I've put my foot in my mouth or said something ridiculous or didn't show up to this thing that, thank you for enduring my flaws. Fifthly, thank you for how you worship. You are such a blessing to me. I often come in so wearied by carrying the word, carrying the text. It's, it's weighing on me. Like I feel like I'm going to be crushed by it if I don't say it out loud to you. I, I feel I'm going to be crushed under the word that the Lord has asked me to speak. And, and I'm so lifted I'm so lifted by your worship as I see you sing out loud, right? Most, most people don't, it's weird, right? For people to get together and people get together and sing out loud when they're drunk, right? Or, or at a sporting event or both, right? But, but by gathering together and watching you worship and as you raise your hands and as you sing, that, that lifts me and it gives me what I need. Thank you. Thank you for how you worship. Six, thank you for being willing to follow the leadership. I, I wish I had time to recount horror story after horror story that I've heard from other pastors about just trying to start like a new initiative or go a different direction or, or change a service time or you know do something different with the band or whatever and the people just lose their minds arguing over the color of the carpet and this thing and that thing and Thank you. 
thank you for when we when when Dave and I say, hey, this is this is where we're going, you guys go, we're in. I'm so blessed by that. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being willing to follow the leadership. Number seven, thank you for loving our vision, our statement of faith, and our core values. Thank you for loving that. And here is how I know that you love our vision statement, our, our statement of faith, and our core values, because that's what keeps us united. Over the last two years, I wish I could explain to you the amount of pressure that David and I have felt to talk about politics and to not talk about politics. I wish I could explain to you the pressure that we have felt to talk about social justice issues and not talk about social justice issues. For us to explain how dangerous the pandemic is and then also to blow it off as if it doesn't exist. We have felt insane pressure to, to, to land somewhere which no one could ever find. But this church, miraculously, by God's grace, stayed united through those times. I was at a pastor's conference this month, and I saw a list of churches that didn't make it the last two years. They closed their doors, mostly because people were not united. And so I want to say thank you for loving our statement of faith, for loving our vision, and for loving our core values, because that is what we're united under. Amen? Number eight, thank you for taking ownership of this church. Thank you for taking ownership of this church. We had um, a pastor visiting. He was staying with us, and uh, he stayed Saturday night and uh, was going to come to church with me on Sunday morning. And he said, well, we've got to get there early, right? We've got to set things up. I said, no. I'm, I, I, I preach. I, I go and I preach. That, that's, that's what I do. He was like, well, don't you need to set up chairs? No. Don't you need to like plug stuff in the computer? No. Well, what about organizing the kids volunteers? No. So, so you just show up and preach? Yeah, I show up and preach. That's what I do. And here's how I do that. It's not because of my great leadership. It's not because, it's because you, Gospel Community Church has decided, this is my church. This is my church. It's not Pastor Kirk's church. This is my church. These are, these are, these are my people. This is, these are our kids back there. That's our tech booth. You guys have taken ownership of this church. Thank you. Not many pastors get to say that. Thank you. Number nine. Thank you for desiring Bible teaching. I am so blessed by you. I am so blessed that this church wants Bible teaching. I was talking with another pastor friend of mine, and he said he was visiting a church. And the guy said, hey, man, when you get up to preach, um, just make sure that you're done like 30 minutes. He said, J just so you know, like if you don't, if you don't have your timer with you, the, the deacons on the front row, they're going to start looking at their watch when you're 28 minutes in. Because when 30 minutes hit, them deacons are out, boy. They will, they, <coughs> you know. Thank you that you love Bible teaching. Thank you that I get the opportunity to preach the Bible week by week and that you're eager to hear and eager to learn the Bible. Thank you. That is such a blessing to me. I can't tell you how much that means to me. Thank you. Thank you. 
Tenth and lastly, thank you for how you love one another. But talking with other pastors, like how do you, how do you get your people to like, like I mean, you, like your people have dinners together, they love on each other. I mean, like tell us, tell us how you did that. Like, what are you talking about? How I did that? Are you insane? I'm not that smart. Like, I, there, you know, it's not like, you know, step one to get your people to love each other. You know, like, no, that's not how that works at all. Thank you for loving one another. Thank you for giving of yourself to the other people in this church. That means so much to me. And I want to say thank you. As the Apostle Paul here is saying in 1 Corinthians, I give thanks to my God always. I don't thank God for you always. <laughs> that's less on you and more on me okay the apostle Paul here says I, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you look at the things that Paul is thankful for in verse 5 look at what he says that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge look at verse 6 even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you so that you are not lacking in any gift. I think there's at least three things here that Paul is thankful to God for in this Corinthian church. And what I want to do is just echo that same thankfulness. Let's look at the first one. One, Paul is thankful that God blessed them with theological articulation and understanding, and God has done that same thing at Gospel Community Church. Do you see what he's thankful for there? He says that in every way you were enriched in what? So, that, so God has given them something. He's enriched them. He's built something in them. In him, in all these two things, speech, that is uh, logos, the word, and knowledge, gnosis, or understanding. So logos being the word that, that they were enriched in, this speech, that's the word that's used there, and then this, this knowledge. So, so this is the logos, the word being spoken, and, and, and then this knowledge or gnosis would be the knowledge being apprehended or, or understood. So meaning this, they didn't just memorize empty theological terms. These people in Corinth really understood what was going on. Now notice what, what he's saying here. Paul is not commending them for being top-notch theologians. That's not what he is, he is thanking God for. He thanks God that God did that in them. They were enriched in deep theological knowledge and understanding. It's something that God did in them, not something that they produced in themselves. And I want to tell you, church family, God has done this with the people of GCC. If you talk to the people of Gospel Community Church without even knowing it, they'll just start dropping gospel bombs on you. I mean, it's, it's incredible. The people in this church, in the Degum announcements, they're, they're proclaiming the gospel. In the dismissal, you guys are proclaiming the gospel. Just let Phil Dan get on the mic and do the dismissal. Let Nicole Jones get up there and like she's trying to like dismiss us to like go get coffee and all that stuff, but she's dropping like 18 gospel bombs in there. Y'all didn't even, like, I'm just telling you the people at this church have been blessed with this theological knowledge, understanding, and it comes out, I mean, just all throughout our service. Go sit in a community group with Charles Bird and he will speak the gospel into your life. 
because the people of this church, just like the people in Corinth, have been blessed with speech and knowledge. Next, Paul is thankful for this. Paul is thankful that they were living out the implications of the gospel, and God is doing that very same thing here. He says that, that the testimony of Christ was confirmed in them. Well, how? first, what is the testimony of Christ? Well, that's the gospel, that it's his death, his resurrection. And he says that this was confirmed in, how was it confirmed in them? How is the gospel confirmed? Well, it's confirmed by us living out gospel principles. The fact that we have been given much grace, we show each other grace. That's living out the gospel. The, the fact that Jesus is Lord, we collectively as a church family bow the knee to him. That, that's living out the implications of the gospel. And that's exactly what they were doing in Corinth. And here's what I want to say to you, church family. As many times as I have proclaimed the gospel to you, I, I, I pray that you know, I, and, and I want to be able to stand before the Lord and in all sincerity and purity of heart, say to the Lord, I preached the gospel to Gospel Community Church. But as many times as I have done that, I want you to know I have had a front row seat to watch you live it out. Again, if you have ever been blessed by my proclamation of the gospel, I want you to know you have blessed me by giving me a front row seat to watch you live out the gospel. Thank you. Thirdly, Paul is thankful for this. Paul is thankful that God has given them everything that they need, and he has done the same at Gospel Community Church. Did you see that in the first half of verse 7? He says, you guys are not lacking any spiritual gift. Now, I know that there's not a single person in this room right now that would stand up in the midst of this congregation and say, I've got all the gifts. I'm the guy he's talking about. I've got them all. But of course, that's not what Paul is referring to. He is referring to the collective corporate body. He's talking about the community of believers. He's talking about the forever family, this corporate thing to where we collectively, together, we are not lacking any spiritual gift. The, the mission that God has for Gospel Community Church, he has given us exactly what we need to go on the mission. He's equipped us for the work that he's got for us. As a matter of fact, he has predestined us for good works. And so if you're taking notes, there is nothing that Gospel Community Church needs that God will not supply in order to fulfill his purposes. Over the last 10 years, has he not been faithful to give us everything that we need? When we're looking for a building, when we need finances for this, when we need a ministry leader for that, when we need another community group over here, God just says, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. He's been so faithful to us. He's been so faithful. Look at the rest of this text. Now, on the examination of that evidence, then Paul will make them a promise that I hope that we will hear in our hearts this morning. Look at the back half of verse 7. As you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless, guiltless in the day of our Lord 
Jesus Christ. Church family, as we eagerly await to see him, he is going to sustain us. He will provide for us. He will carry us along. He will give us what we need. God not only has thousands of years of written history of providing for and being faithful to and sustaining his people, we have a 10-year track record of God doing that here. He has been faithful to us. He has been good to us. Now, listen to me, church family. That does not mean that Gospel Community Church will never close its doors. That's not what I'm, when I'm saying that God is faithful to to, to Gospel Community Church and he will always be faithful to Gospel Community Church. That does not mean that we will never close our doors. But everyone in this church who has placed their faith on him will see him face to face. And when we see him face to face, all of the sacrifices that we have made, everything that we have poured out for Gospel Community Church will seem so small in comparison to the glory that awaits. The nights that we've stayed up praying for someone, the the money that we've given to the church, the missionaries that we have supported, the the difficult, strained relationships that are even going on now in your community group, the, the people that you have poured yourself out for, every sacrifice that you have made for Gospel Community Church will be, it's not gonna matter. It's not gonna matter when we see him face to face. It's gonna seem so small. It's gonna seem so insignificant compared to the glory that awaits. Look at verse nine. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I said it before and I'll say it again. The story of Gospel Community Church can be summed up in three words. God is faithful. Gospel Community Church exists because the steadfast hand of the Lord has lifted us up. He has carried us. This 10-year celebration is not to boast in what we have accomplished, but it is to boast in the faithfulness of God. This is why Paul goes on to say in this very chapter, these words in 1 Corinthians verse 26, for consider your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did y'all see that picture of me in a faux hawk? <laughs> not many of you were wise in worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were noble in birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, and even the things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who become to us the wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. I want to preach that sermon, but I can't. Verse 31, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Well, let me give you one application point and then I'm done. Here it is. If God is faithful to us, let us be faithful to him by serving his people, the church. He's been faithful to us. Let's be faithful to him, amen? Let's chase after him. Let's continue to preach the gospel. Let's invite more people to the gospel community church. Let's, let's continue to give. Let's, let's keep going. Are y'all in? Y'all want 10 more years? I'm not under the illusion that gospel community church is the savior of Fayetteville and the surrounding counties. 
It's not as if we have something that other churches don't have. It's not as if we do something spectacular that other churches don't do. We are not the end-all, be-all. If GCC closes its doors tomorrow, the expansion of God's kingdom will continue. But with that being said, there's no other church I'd rather be a part of. I don't plan on going anywhere. Listen, I don't plan on doing anything different. My goal is to pour my life out for you. Is to give everything that I can give to be poured out as a drink offering for Gospel Community Church. To come back week by week and preach the gospel. To give you the word and to follow hard after Jesus. That's what I want to do. Will you join me? Let's pray. Oh God, you're gracious and merciful and kind to a people that do not deserve your mercy. Oh God, thank you for the brutal privilege of the last 10 years. Oh God, we ask you for another 10. If it happens, it will be because you have done it. Oh God, we take no credit. We take no credit at all for any blessing that has come from us. It has come from your hand. And so God, now we ask for your Holy Spirit to guide the way, to tell us the next step, to show us which way to go, to guard and protect the elders of this church. Oh God, protect us. Oh God, I pray now over the deacons. Would you protect the deacons? Would you protect the heads of ministries here at this church? Let us not wander away from you, God, but let us focus all of our energies and efforts on you and the expansion of your kingdom so that we might be found spotless, spotless and blemish free on the day of your return. Oh God, do this mighty work. If we see another 10, it will be because of you. And so now, God, we ask that you would continue to allow us to participate in the unstoppable expansion of your kingdom. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.